You're listening to Remedial Juggonomics, a song-by-song odyssey through the musical careers of the insane clown posse. Because if you dismiss something in your life solely because you think it's weird, then all you're going to do is make your life boring. And don't you want to live deliciously? Hey guys, welcome to lucky number 13 of Remedial Juggonomics. It's been a long time getting from there to here, but we've done it. We've gotten to the end of Carnival of Carnage, you guys, and I am so happy. Not out of relief or anything like that, but because of what I've learned from starting into this to getting as far as we have. I think I've grown as a person. I think we've all grown and come together as a family. Some could say the biggest family out there. Some could say a family that's a fan of the label that runs beneath the streets. <laughs> or at the very least, if we're not there yet, we've had some fun. And maybe we've found some songs that we like that we didn't think we were going to like. That's certainly been the case with me. And it's certainly been the case with the song that we're talking about this episode called Taste. Taste is very interesting, and we're going to get really into it, but as has become the custom, I got to do a rundown of all the problems that are present within this particular song so that I don't get too embedded into it and too off that good old dusty trail. So, without the furthest of ado, (coughs) la 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 la, got it. The following song contains elements problematic to both individuals and society as a whole. These super double plus ungood elements are not at all endorsed by Remedial Juggonomics, and you shouldn't endorse them either. These elements include but are not limited to... Inciting of violence, inciting murder of children, running from mental health professionals instead of seeking help, midnight throat cutting sprees, failing to take precautions when walking through acid rain, unlawful entry, murder with a gun, hiding in a bush with malevolent intention, murder with an axe, train track centric violence, unfair representation of poverty in media, dismemberment, poor party etiquette, murder with a knife, and naked crackheads. Now, technically, I might mention that most of the song is also an incitement to class warfare between the haves and the have-nots, but... Mm, Let's put that in the gray column, shall we? Just for the moment. I'm not talking about, like, with axes and knives and guns or anything. I'm just talking about, you know, there's a little bit of class warfare. Just a little bit. Just a little healthy amount. That is, uh, absolutely the point of the song, by the way. Taste being a taste of what inner-city life is like to those not living within the ghetto. So it's very much the insane clown posse going into detail about how just the rich fat cats don't understand what it's like out on the streets every day, and how they're gonna turn the tables and they're gonna show them exactly what it's like. But Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope, they can't handle this message alone, so they have to call in some help. Alright? This is perhaps the most star-studded of all of the tracks on them. The closest that would compare to it would be Is That You featuring Kid Rock, and that one's not a very good song, mainly because it features Kid Rock, so it really doesn't compare at all. Taste features capital E, Nate the Mac, and Detroit rapper Esham. So Esham is a pretty big deal, or he was at the time, and in fact, funny story about that, originally For this track, ICP wanted to get a rapper by the name of Awesome Dre to perform on this song, and they were going to pay him $500. 
However, when they got to the studio, uh, Esham was already there. So they informed Esham of what was going on. Like, oh, well, they're going to give Awesome Dre $500 to go to go rap on it. And Esham, uh, because he's he knows the business, he said, oh, I'll, I'll do it right now for you if you pay me $500. <laughs> so they did a little bit of a switcheroo, and then they lied to Awesome Dre and told him that they messed up the recording and not come in and not worry about it and ba da 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 And anyway, the rest was history. It turns out they wanted Esham anyway, so even better. So we've got all that. We also have Jump Steady. Now, Jump Steady is... Uh, Violent J's older brother. And I'm going to get in a little bit more in detail on him. So far, I think this was actually the first time I heard him on a song. This was the first time he appeared on one. And he's kind of an interesting dude. So, the opening of the song kind of gets you in the headspace of where they want you to be. I'll just read it for you. <clears throat> the time has come for the blood to run in the streets paved with gold. We have lived in the zoo of the ghetto for so long, and like animals, we kill each other with a hatred for others. We must move into the suburbs and punish the rich for their ignorance and the horror of death that is a part of our life in our neighborhood and give them a taste of the same. And when we kill the government's children and the streets smell of death, maybe then they'll see our situation in a new light and put an end to the chaos in the ghetto and put an end to the killings. All that while there is like boots marching on the ground in the background. And it gets you in pretty much of an ominous headspace. It's like there's a reverse purge about to happen. For anyone who's watched The Purge, very much the point of The Purge is the exact opposite of what they're implying. Uh, the Purge is where a bunch of rich, uh, predominantly white people go on murder sprees. <laughs> ah, I shouldn't laugh at that, because it's horrible. But they're actually pretty entertaining movies. Well, Purge Anarchy is. I haven't seen the first one, or the third one, or the first Purge, or like the miniseries. But Purge Anarchy is really good. <laughs> you should check it out. So, a lot of the song covers ground that you would expect at this point. There is a lot of murder with axes and knives and guns. There's a lot of cutting of throats. Violent J does talk about breaking out of asylum and killing a girl. But that's just a warm-up, quote, just to get it on, because I'm going to be cutting throats till the break of dawn. Because I believe every throat deserves a good cut. And at the very least, Violent J is a man of principle and he sticks by it by gum. So Violent J's are very much on his same old trick about being a psychopathic killer, going around, he's crazy, he runs around naked, getting caught in acid rain. If you like getting naked and rolling around in acid rain, do, 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 then go to the inner city ghetto zone, do, do, and let some clowns in your brain. Do, do, do. So that's what's going on with Violent J's verse. The next verse is a bit of a call and response with, I believe, Nate the Mac and Shaggy Two Dope. Uh, they're kind of going back and forth. They Once again, the battle axe comes up. This They keep referencing battle axes in their songs, and I don't know if they really understand how big a battle axe is or how goofy that would look in the 90s in the middle of the streets for someone to just wield a giant battle axe that's a plus two against orcs and just go fight people on the train tracks. Uh, they do make some interesting points here. Another lyric, quoting with a little bit of censoring. I'm sick of this crap on my TV. They're showing psychopathics, and I see me. And you're calling me a homeless hobo while I'm laying on my suede couch listening to Mojo. Mojo was apparently a prolific 
uh, radio DJ in the area at the time. But I do kind of appreciate the disparity between like how they are presented in the media versus the actual real life of the situation. So that's kind of interesting. There's also a reference to uh, who you messing with, Governor E. Don't you know I'll hang your dead face from a tree? This is in reference to the, the at the time, governor of Michigan, whose name was John Engler, who I really think was just in here because they were like, oh, we got to go after politicians and the people who are in control. What's the governor's name? I kind of feel like that's what they did, but that's because I really can't find a lot of stuff about like the policies that John Engler put in at the time. I know he was a Republican candidate, and apparently he did like do tax cuts and all that. But according to what little research I could find, because this is not a political podcast and I'm not going to put that much work into it because I don't think it's that important for a reference in a lyric. He was really involved in like privatization of stuff, which sometimes has benefits, sometimes has a lot of drawbacks. Who could really say? Uh, I will say, however, a few years back, he was the president of the University of Michigan during a big scandal with a former USA Gymnastics medical professional named Larry Nassar, who did some really awful, terrible things and uh, deservedly got convicted for stuff, as he should be. If you want to look up the details on that, you can. Um, but basically, John Engler, who was the president at the time, didn't really do a lot of stuff to try and help the victims of Larry Nassar or anything like that and was very dismissive of the victims, and basically that led to a lot of protests for him to step down as president, and he was removed for that. If you want to read more about it, absolutely go do that. But John Engler seems like kind of not a cool dude. So, maybe ICP, less rappers, more profits, am I right? Next up, third verse, Jumpsteady comes in, and this is one of the most interesting things there. So... I did a little bit more looking into Bruce family history. Jumpsteady is Robert Bruce. He is Joe, Joe Bruce's, uh, Violent J's, older brother. So apparently when they were young, their dad one day just like took all of the family's money and just skipped town. So they were raised uh, along with their sister alone by their mother who had a job working as like a custodian. And it was like rough goings for a while. When Robert got old enough, he ended up joining the military and was stationed in Fort Bragg and kind of bumped around for a little bit. It was around this time that the Bruces ended up living in the South for a while and got exposed to overt racism, which leads to songs like Redneck Ho and Your Rebel Flag. But also, Robert Bruce got sent over to Iraq for Desert Storm. And coming back, he had a lot of thoughts. And most of those thoughts were, hey, why are we over in the Middle East uh, fighting thousands of miles away from our own country? I don't really think we need to be here. So he has some interesting, like, nice, refreshing takes on stuff that's a little grounded from a different place than Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope. Quote from his verse, Raised with the crime, with nothing to eat, so my natural instincts to kill on the street. But I'm above that, a sense of caution, jump steady, stepping over the government's brainwashing. But don't let them even judge you, because you know who you are. Seems they don't even know about the inner city crime war. Money on the troops in the desert, what the F for? Dang, they're stupid, their minds must be failing. Think I'd rather pay a little extra to a gallon to save a human life or two. In this ghetto war for the homies that I once knew. So, for him... Why are we over on the other side of the world fighting a war when there's a war going on in our own country? We need to figure our own stuff out, figure out how to take care of our own people, 
maybe get this whole inner city struggles thing figured out, get people out of the poverty line, stuff like that. Again, this is not a political podcast. <laughs> but I really appreciate Jump Steady coming in and having this kind of different take as a little bit older, a little bit more well-traveled. He still references, by the way, like, hiding a shotgun in his jacket and enacting some change on his own. But hey, that's what this song is. Next up, the last two verses are capital E and Esham coming through. I don't have a lot to say on them, not because they're not good. They are, to the point that it does kind of make Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope suffer a little bit in comparison, I think. They still do fine, but Esham and capital E are like just a little bit above there, even if capital E sounds a little tired when he's delivering his verse. But they kind of have the same sort of sentiments to it. Now, the beat for this thing bops. It slaps. It is a banger. It is funky and dirty, and I love it. And I ain't even going to tell you more about it. Listen to it for yourself. That is a funky, funky beat. I very much enjoy it. Most of the lyricism on this song is pretty well done. I was really concerned when I picked this up because it is about five and a half minutes and I thought this was going to be a five and a half minute song, but it really goes by pretty quick. Like I say, I listened to it a couple times in the lead up to an episode. Today alone, I have listened to this song about 10 times and I haven't gotten tired of it yet. I really enjoy this. So, my little wish that I had last episode of, like, I really want it to end with a bang. I want it to be a solid song. I really want to bring it home. They absolutely did. Way to go, Insane Clown Posse in 1992. You did it. You gave your boy in 2019 some hope that things are going to be okay and things are going to end on a high note. Because this definitely ended on a high note. So, how high of a note? We've got to rank this bad boy, because we've got to rank the last song of Carnival of Carnage before we can start moving on to other albums and other songs and other things. So, let's think about it, okay? At the bottom, we've got the title track, which I don't want to talk about. And at the top, we have Never Had It Made, which has been the most on-brand, most ICP-esque song that ICP has made on this album. And absolutely, this thing, we're scrolling up. It's it's a good song. Starting off, you've got Psychopathic at number four, which is the first one that I kind of realize I need to stop taking things so seriously and just have a good time with it. And that's a fun, relatively light song for a song that's about being psychopathic and murdering people. It's better than that. Number three, First Day Out. Lighthearted. It's about love. It was... Up here as much as it was for Surprise Factor and Fried Chicken Factor and Romance Factor. You better believe it's better than that. Wizard of the Hood, what was our number one for a pretty decent amount of time, a delightfully ghetto retelling of The Wizard of Oz, and also featured a good few different vocalists on it. This is better than that. Now, is it gonna try and go for the throne? I've never had it made. Here's my kind of dilemma right now. Because both of them, I think, are on a keel of being equally good with each other. But, Never Had It Made is more purely insane clown posse. Taste is very good, 
but with the prevalence of additional rappers on the track, I don't want to say it dilutes the brand, but it definitely spreads it out a little. So I don't know if we're necessarily getting a pure, insane clown posse experience just by listening to Taste. So, it has been decided, let it echo through future generations, that as it stands, Taste is number two on the list of Insane Clown Posse songs of these 15 that are on Carnival of Carnage. All right, let it be written down for the record forever and ever, eons and so forth. Oh, oh, it feels good. It feels good, listeners. I've done it. I have gotten through an entire album. I'm glad I did. I'm honestly pretty proud of myself. I didn't think I was going to stop, but I did think that, like, I might lose interest or I might just get bogged down with other stuff going on. But no, uh, this has been a clip. It's keeping me driven. It's kept me dedicated because every week I'm like, what is this next song going to throw for me? What am I going to find to talk about on it? And just to peek behind the curtain, I actually have a lot of stuff going on in my life. (laughs) I have two Shakespeare shows. I'm starting back school. I have a lot of things going on. But being able to sit down and talk to you fine people about the music of the Insane Clown Posse actually grounds me and kind of keeps me focused. So for that alone, I appreciate you guys listening. Anyway, like I said, this is the end of this album. So I'm going to take a bit of a break before we go on to the next album. I will let you guys know what that is when it comes out. I want it to be a little bit of a surprise. But until then, if you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at It's Gossip Yo. You can find me on Instagram at SuperGossip64. You can find this podcast even beyond Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Himalaya, Podcoin, Spotify, yada-da-da-da-da-da. I can dub those in with other podcatchers later if you like. Feel free to subscribe and give it a rating and a review. Share this podcast with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and your hated enemies. And if you have any talking dogs in your life, go ahead and tell them about it. I feel like talking dogs would actually really appreciate the music of Insane Clown Posse. Not in terms of, like, a quality or a taste thing or anything. I just think they'd appreciate it. With that out of the way, it's been a long road. But guess what? The road keeps going. It's going to keep going forward, y'all. Until next time, whoop, 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 whoop,